What happens if you throw a boomerang into a black hole? Do you really have to sleep? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Welcome, welcome, humble listeners to this episode of This Paranormal Life, the weekly podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it is true or it is false. I'm going to be your host for this week, Rory Powers, joined by my best pal and my paranormal colleague, Kit Greer. Welcome to the show, Kit. Ahooga! Glad to be here. Are you excited to to adventure down Paranormal Avenue? It's been a whole week. What can I say? I'm jonesing over here. You're get. You need that hit. You need. You got to get oh, that yeah. Paranormal I high. <laughs> it's been seven whole days since I've heard something <laughs> up, and I'm turning into a normie over here. Well, I am actually really excited that I'm going to be able to fulfill that promise <laughs> and bring you something truly quite scary. Really? We don't do a lot of genuinely creepy stories on this podcast, you mm. know, because we like to keep keep in, in line with the comedy aspect as well. Yeah, we got to hit that demo, but today, f- that demo. Yeah. <laughs> We're going for the ghouls, not the girls. This was a listener submission from, uh, I believe um, it's pronounced Vian and Wayne. Mm. Vian and Wayne. Uh, they emailed in saying, Hey, Rory and Kit. My husband is a great big fan of yours who's introduced me to the podcast and encouraged me to write in. Now, they asked us to investigate something called the Dibbuk Box, which I discovered is rumored to be possibly the most cursed object on the planet. Whoa. So we've covered a couple of cursed things in the past before. Yeah. Robert, the cursed doll. Yeah, he was pretty cursed. The cursed uh, Blue Hope Diamond. Yep, also cursed. I mean, I think that cursed royalty. I think we claimed that it cursed the entire continent of North America. (laughs) Yeah, there's some big shoes to fill. Pretty pretty cursed. Because I'm pretty sure at one point, Robert the doll came to life and tried to strangle someone. Yeah. So... Already, I don't, you, you've got big shoes the to fill. The bar well, is very, very high. Not big shoes to fill, because I think Robert was like an inch tall. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> he tiny, was tiny, tiny, tiny. You got big booties to fill with this story. <laughs> you got giant, I think that was his words, giant doll-sized booties to yes, fill. Yes, like a Care Bears Uggs. <laughs> like a Care Bears Tims. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's dive right in. Our story begins with an antique collector named Kevin Manis who lived in Portland, Oregon. In 2001, Manis was visiting an estate sale looking for some new objects to join his growing collection. Right on. Now, if you didn't know, an estate sale uh, is when someone passes away and their leftover personal belongings are sold. Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess maybe they weren't given away in the will. They weren't, you know, delegated to anyone in particular, so they're kind of just sold. You know, most people, they uh, leave their belongings to another family member but whenever you're like an 800 year old vampire that lives in a giant mansion and no one really knows where you came from or how old you are and you don't have any living relatives because they died thousands of years ago yeah um there's nowhere for that to go so yeah they got to get rid of it exactly at the sale he came across a strange looking box it had a simple design but manis could tell by the wear of the wood that this thing was pretty old Mm. So, he took a risk and purchased the box. After doing some research, he discovered that he had bought the box from a woman who was a Holocaust survivor and who had escaped to Spain where she purchased the box before 
immigrating to the United States. Hmm. So there's a bit of history behind this thing. Little bit, little bit. This isn't just a piece of driftwood that washed up somewhere. This is, this is you know, it, it's got some lore. It didn't come from Walmart. We've established that. It didn't come from the United States of America. It came from Europe, where things are much, much older. And much more cursed. Yeah. So after learning about how special this thing was, Kevin managed to get in contact with the woman's granddaughter and offered to give the box back to the family. But the granddaughter simply replied, we don't want it. She told him the box had been kept in her grandmother's sewing room and she never let anyone open it. Weird. Yeah, creepy, huh? I mean, weird enough to get approached by a stranger and being like, you know what I mean? That's a weird conversation to have. Wait, weird for who? Weird for him to talk to her about it or weird for her to not want the box back? Weird for him to talk to her about it, I think. I, I think, just that, imagining, I don't know. I think that's like, that's quite a nice gesture. I think it was thoughtful, but I just imagine he explains the whole situation. You know, I'm now I'm calling her chief. You want the box back? And she's like, I'm sorry, who the f*** are you again? <laughs> I'm just a guy. <laughs> Kevin Manis. Ever heard of him? Hello? Uh, it's maybe only weird to me because we don't know what's in it yet. Yeah. Well, we're about to find out. Oh, here we go. Kevin opened the box. Of course. <laughs> Did he do this before or after <laughs> offering to give it back? He like goes to the girl's house. He's like, I, I just assumed you guys might want it. She's like, that's really thoughtful. Thanks. She opens it up. Wow. A million dollars. <laughs> oh, f- God damn it. I also love the idea of Kevin trying to be like quite courteous at the start where he's like, hey, I know this is a, a, a family heirloom. I thought you guys might want to hang on to it. Um, and she's like, no, it was my grandmother's and she never opened it. So I think we'll respect her wishes and just keep that uh, keep that out of our lives. All right, cool. Smashes it open like a piggy bank in her living room. <laughs> Like her grandmother's jewelry goes flying everywhere. He shattered it to pieces. <laughs> it was a mixture of jewelry, her grandmother's ashes, <laughs> scrapbooks of memories. He's like, you're right. It was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, inside the box, Kevin wrote that he found two 1920s pennies, a lock of blonde hair bound with a cord, a lock of black hair bound with a cord, a small statue, a golden wine goblet, one dried rosebud and a candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. Oh, God. Uh, a mixed bag, let's say. Yeah. So the two pennies is probably... Should we just strike that off? It's the least remarkable thing in there. Yeah, then that's the, not that weird. Then the hair gets into kind of... I think one lock of hair is like, okay, that's like my grandkids. That was like a lock of hair from when they had beautiful blonde hair when they were a baby. Yeah. Uh, multiple locks, locks of hair. hair. Hmm. Yeah, you're edging into the the weird zone. I, I think that gets you into a, a, just on the edge of the weird zone, yeah. which the golden goblet with octopus <laughs> legs very much knocks into the realm of weird. Yeah, that's the equivalent of finding a little jar of teeth alongside all of these objects. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, Kevin was originally going to completely refinish the box, but learning about its history, he decided it would be better just to clean and polish it, as he figured that the finished product would make a great gift for his mother. No. No, it wouldn't. Well, I guess maybe the box is nice. I think it has some carvings in it. Better be a really nice box. How about just go with chocolates and flowers, like a normal human being? This is something special. You know, maybe you can take out all the, the weird octopus candle and the hair maybe or maybe she's into hair i don't know what she's into i think it's a nice it's a unique gift at least well her birthday came around and kevin's mother came to the store where kevin gave her the gift 
a beautifully restored antique box. <laughs> Kevin's other brothers got her like a car, got her like a pearl necklace. Yeah. And he's like, hello, mother. <laughs> oh, Jesus, is Kevin again. <laughs> we told I you come bearing gifts, We mother. told you not to come this year. Not after the shit you pulled last year, Kevin. Oh, but I've come to redeem myself. No. It's like, why does Kevin talk like this? His dad doesn't talk like this. His brothers don't talk He's like this. He's from Baltimore. <laughs> His brother's a doctor. His sister's a lawyer. Are you talking about me again? <laughs> He gives his mum the box. But all of a sudden, Kevin's phone starts ringing. Oh, I'm sorry, mother. I have to take this. No one cares. Leave. I'll be back in one second. Don't come back. Halfway through his phone call, an employee runs over to him out of breath. Kevin, something's wrong with your mother. He ran back to his mother and found her sitting still in a chair, expressionless and crying. What? He called her name, but she was completely unresponsive. I mean, we knew it was a bad gift, but this is kind of an overreaction. Yeah, it's taking the piss, really. <laughs> Kevin decided to rush her into hospital, where doctors told him she had actually suffered from a stroke. For a short period of time, she'd actually lost the ability to speak. During this period, she communicated using a spell board to point to letters and spell out words. Mm. I think uh, the, the term spell board here refers to like an actual piece of medical equipment. Mm. Um, it's not like a wooden board with spells. It's not a Ouija board. It's not a Ouija board. Yeah. There's no spells like carved into it. It's for spelling. When doctors at the hospital asked how she was doing, she spelled out the words, no gift. What? Like I said, we knew it was a bad gift, but she has some pretty strong feelings about this. Thing. Yeah. Kevin explained to the doctors he had just given her a birthday present that day, and she responded by spelling hate gift. <laughs> F Kevin. Kevin, disappointment. It's like, she took a. Like, that's a big word. You could tell she meant it because she was spelling that thing for 20 like minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, go back to college. Well, what do you do with this box now? Nobody wants it. Kevin tried to give the he box. He should have never got it in the first place. Just throw it in the trash. You don't want to throw a box like this in the oh trash. Oh my god, there's so many old boxes in the world. Who yeah, cares? But this one's got history. You can't just throw away. The family didn't want it. They're the only people on earth who should want it. If you if you start throwing away parts of history, next thing you know, when someone asks about history, it's all been binned. Yeah, I don't think about that. I don't think think that's about that once in a while, kid. The history books were like. I don't think that was a linchpin of what was holding together the fabric of European history was this f***ing box and no one knew about. You know, what if we what if we went to Egypt and it's like, should we go look at the pyramids? Oh, wait, we binned them. We smashed them up. It's a mega mall now. You've got to preserve history, whether it's giant, incredible pyramids built by the ancient Egyptians or a little box with hair in it. You gotta preserve everything. This is a border. Yeah, but that's like going- That's why when I die, I'm gonna be frozen in ice and blasted to the moon. Why the moon? I don't know. It was the first planet I could think of that wasn't Earth, and I hate Earth. They've made it abundantly clear I'm not welcome here. Kevin tried to give the box to his sister, but in less than a week, she'd already given it back. <laughs> why didn't she throw it out? For the love of God, whenever you get a gift you don't want- Listen, I'm not saying I've done this personally. I'm not saying that I did this with the last gift that Rory got me for my birthday. I'm not saying I've done this with every gift Rory's ever got me. But if you get a gift you don't like, you say, 
Thanks very much for the beautiful gift. I will enjoy it. I will treasure it. You're a great friend. You're a great family member. Uh, and then you put it in the trash. And you never have to think about it again. It's not very. It's not a nice thing to you do. You don't to give giving the a gift. gift back. We have to preserve history here, people. Jesus. The gifts I give to Kit, that Furby, that Slinky, that freaking Mr. Frosty machine, they need to be preserved in a goddamn museum. All items of which there were millions manufactured. I don't know why you think we need to preserve a Slinky. I'm pretty sure they still make them. <laughs> and judging by your bedroom, you have hundreds of Furbies, which you're what, preserving? Yeah, exactly. You have to preserve these artifacts, otherwise they're lost in the sands of time. And by the way, th- the sound is absolutely deafening. Could you at least remove the battery? No, I will not remove the batteries. They have a voice in history that needs to be heard. Now, could I interest you in a slush puppy, sir? <laughs> He then gave the box to his brother and his brother's wife, but within three days it was returned. (laughs) I don't believe this. His brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers, but his wife said it smelled like cat piss. (laughs) Nobody wants this creepy piss box. Finally, Kevin managed to sell this object from his store to a middle-aged couple. He didn't quite sell it. He actually had to pay someone a lot of money to take it off his hands. He packed it up in a box. He sent it away. And three days later, found it sitting in front of his shop with a note reading, This has a bad darkness. (laughs) This this entire thing is not real. The stroke, believable. The auction, believable. The history of uh, wartime Germany, believable. believable. Let's keep on this Trying pattern. I like to it. give it away to like five or six different people and they all give it back. Believable. Not believable, oh, sir. I thought we were going to... I thought we were in sync there. No. Because sometimes we finish each other's statements. You didn't catch You're on your own on that one. Okay. Just like you're on your own with this goddamn story. The fact that no one wants to take this thing, if anything, is a testimony to how cursed it is. It's it's shedding light and truth on the object. Unable to shift this bish, Kevin is forced to temporarily store the box at his own home. He's not forced to do anything <laughs> like that. He has to preserve history here, kid. I am going to have a mental kid. breakdown if this continues any further. Throughout the duration of its stay in Kevin's house... He starts having nightmares. In an interview, he said, I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of the person that I'm with. It is then I realize that there's something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag I have ever seen. (laughs) This hag proceeds to then beat the living f*** out of me. (laughs) Is that a quote? I changed changed the ending for dramatic effect. Okay. But, uh, it does beat the shit out of him in the dream. Okay. Uh, And he's even woken up with scratches and bruises over his body. Whoa. Yeah. Then believe it or not, things start getting worse. Late at night, Kevin starts seeing shadow creatures in his home. And that's where he draws the line. He's got a storage unit at the back of his house. So he wraps up the box and locks it away in the storage unit. Oh my god. But before long, the smoke alarm for the unit starts blasting. He throws open the doors, but there's no fire. There's no smoke at all. Just an overwhelming, just a a smell of cat piss. Okay. And a box. And jasmine, sure. The jasmine's fading, really, these days. It's more of just the piss. 
there's very little reason to keep this thing around anymore because the jasmine was like a well like i'm cursed as hell but at least the thing smells like a beautiful flower bed but now that it's just cat piss and it's cursing you 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 know you're you're losing reasons here it's more cons than pros at this point yeah after a few more attempted sales, it finally ended up in the hands of a man named Jason Haxton. Is this what it's like to be an antique salesperson? Every item just ruins your life until you can get rid of it? Everything is a curse? I guess so. Maybe that's like a, a unspoken rule in the antiquing industry where it's like, no object is too cursed to be resold for money. I didn't realize <laughs> it's that... It's a dirty profession. It's really quite scummy. <laughs> I didn't realize that antiques were a kind of Lovecraftian career path where you sort of face off with the devil and demons every night. It's it's a risk you run every day. It's crazy. If I was pitching a TV show right now, what I want to see is, you know, um, is it Storage Wars? Yeah. Where you like, you bid on a storage containment unit um, just from what you can like see in the front and then you win right. all the objects inside. Yeah. I want to see a version of that where you're bidding on like crypts and tombs mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it's like mm-hmm. all right so you can see here you know i think there's some rubies in the back there there's obviously a sarcophagus in the center uh there could be some curses involved then you know everyone has to put down their bids and stuff and then once you win it you get to go in and see what you want yeah <laughs> every episode just as that like shutter door just comes up slowly the person who won the auction their face just melts off they de- incinerate into pieces yeah indiana jones because it was a curse it was curse a lot of the gold's nazi gold which doesn't come uh with a lot of good vibes no you're gonna have a pretty bad time you want your gold ideally to come from some kind of utopian atlantis society yeah maybe uh, a commune like ours just anything other than nazi gold <laughs> yeah that's probably the worst co- the worst context for how gold could have been it's, acquired it's even more evil than blood diamonds yeah it's nazi gold after a few more attempted sales as we said it ended up in the hands of jason haxton yeah you'll like this guy kit jason decided to take a more academic approach to understanding the box i don't like this well, i thought you would I love this science I thought you were going to tell me that he was a trash man and he put it straight in the trash. Jason smashed that's, it with a hammer. That's the only thing I would have enjoyed. No, he's he's enlisting scientists, paranormal experts oh, uh, to investigate and study this box to understand it. Okay, well, at least hopefully they will determine that there is nothing weird about it and they can just put it in the toilet and flush it. The box f- him up no (laughs) he got hives at one point he was coughing up blood okay seeing lights in the dark is it possible (laughs) that this thing just contains like anthrax or something it's almost killed two people yeah i I mean at this point i I don't know how anthrax affects the human body when it's exposed to it but because there's an array of different symptoms here because i'm pretty sure one of the side effects of anthrax isn't seeing shadow people <laughs> in, in your house and being being beaten up by old women in your dreams it, i agree the symptoms are varied between seeing shadow people to having a stroke to smelling cat piss so it's it's a sh- true smorgasbord of <laughs> negative consequences that's a disease i don't want to get <laughs> imagine going to the doctor being like so doc is it bad and he's like well as soon as the nosebleed subsides you should be all right for a couple days do give me a call if you start seeing shadow people though <laughs> what you're gonna want to um 
learn how to lucid dream real, real quick, because there are going to be some feisty old women in your dreams ready to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm going to uh, write you a prescription here for a dream world 12-inch broadsword, because you are going to need it in the other realm. <laughs> I love it if you're like, you're like, oh, that's bullcrap. I don't believe any of this stuff. Like, I- I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't need any of this garbage. You like, go home, tuck up in bed, have a nice dream. You're like walking down the street in uh, downtown San Francisco. You turn an alley and there's just like 20 old hags in the alley just going, you picked the wrong dream, mother <laughs> I didn't pick any dream. <laughs> I had no choice in this. <laughs> you reach for your prescription broadsword, but you never signed it. <gasps> it's still at the pharmacy. Eventually, Haxton decided to lock up the box in a secure wooden arc lined with 24 karat gold. Why? I don't know. I guess he assumed that that would, like, subdue the curse. Sell the gold art. Start a new life, almost. Leave this all behind you. But this was not enough. He later admitted he had to end up putting the box into a military-grade shockproof container and buried it at an undisclosed location. Walk to the sea, (laughs) put it in the sea... And then walk away. If you want to do that, you have to look at a little case study called Jumanji. (laughs) Next thing you know, you got a bunch of little kids playing with this box. They're they're spouting little monkey tails. There's giant spiders crawling around the earth. Robin Williams doesn't know what year it is. Their problem, not mine. That's a horrible way of thinking. (laughs) It's it's me in me in court getting cross examined, (laughs) and they're like, "Can you point to the man who?" Who, who left the box there and it's a, it's a kid with a monkey tail pointing <laughs> at me I'm like oh Jesus Christ you snitch asshole <laughs> the judge is a giant spider it's like alright we've heard some pretty damning evidence uh, the court will take a short recess where we will all run into the wild as we are constantly being hunted by a man who was freed from the jungle inside the box <laughs> yeah I, I have a picture here actually of Jason Haxton with the debuk box. Ooh. Debuk. Debuk box. I need to see what's so great about this thing that no one wants to get rid of it. It's pretty good looking, to be fair. It's better be a Fabergé egg of a box. <laughs> Exhibit A. Is this impressive to you somehow? It's gorgeous. It's a brown box. There's a lot more wood in this photo, in fact. You don't seem to be interested in that at all. Look, all I'm going to say is if I've learned anything from Indiana Jones, you know, the Holy Grail was gross. It was nasty, it was dusty, it was old, it was shite. Because Jesus is a carpenter. Pretty sure it was made of solid gold. Go on. (laughs) No, it was wooden, right? Because Jesus is a carpenter. So he made his cup out of wood. Impractical, of course. Splinters on the lips and everything. But, you know, you can't judge a piece of old cursed garbage by the look of it. Who's to say Jesus, Jesus himself, didn't carve that bad boy? Why has this got cup holders? It's also been constructed with the modern man (laughs) in mind. I can see that. It's got an ashtray. It has cigar holders. This is basically just a drinks cabinet. The ancient insignia on the back is just a LED Coors light sign. This is more of a wartime mini fridge, if you will. Kevin's sister-in-law said it smelled of cat piss, which did just turn out to be Bud Light. Okay, I gotta be honest, I don't see any reason why someone would be obsessed over keeping this. It's larger than I thought. 
Yeah. Uh, which I, you know, and it does seem to have some kind of what? It, what is that tablet inside? Oh, God, I have no idea. Yeah. Let me see. You talked about the cup and the hair a lot more than the stone tablet with some sort of language inscribed yeah, I can't, on it. Yeah, I can't stop looking at the stone now. I, feel, I mean, that wasn't mentioned in the article, but that seems really important. That looks like an Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that looks like an actual <laughs> artifact from it biblical looks, times. It looks like a lost Bible gospel or something. It's funny that... A lot of people have talked about being cursed, and no one has mentioned this slab of ancient <laughs> stone with writing carved. Are we the only the ones that can see it? God, I hope not. That's so worrying. A shadow person puts his hand on my shoulder. It's like, you're next, bro. You're next. <laughs> well, believe it or not, the box's journey does not end there. This thing was eventually dug up and sold to a man named Zach Baggins, who some of our listeners may actually know from the TV show Ghost Adventures. Oh, sure. Now, he's obviously a paranormal enthusiast, so he puts the box in his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Okay, fine. You can get on board with that, right? That's kind of where it seems like it would belong. Yeah, that seems that seems acceptable. Here it remains to this very day, where in order to even see it, you have to sign a waiver that releases Baggins from any liability if anything happens to you while viewing the box or immediately after. You go into this room to see the, your audience with the box. You've just signed the waiver. And then just as you open up the, f- the front door of the box, you just feel a hand just steal your wallet. You're like, hey, who is that? Baggins, obviously <laughs> scampering out of the room. You, you signed it, you, you signed dumb the asshole. Anything that happens in the room stays in the room. Well, now the box is sealed in a case. Locked in a room, locked inside a it's paranormal been locked museum. In lots of different places, and that didn't stop it from cursing people. But now, now no regular civilians can even make contact with this thing. They can't even touch it. They just have to sign a waiver, then they can do whatever they want with no, it. No, that's not the rules. The rules are if you if you sign the waiver, you can go into a room and look at it. Probably through, like, bulletproof class. It's probably not even the actual thing. It's like a projection of it. <laughs> you can, it's a bit like nuclear waste. You can't even look at it. You'll die. You go blind. So they've old got, women beat the shit out of they, you. They, they've got several mirrors <laughs> set up so that you can just see its reflection. It's like, the, yeah, the eclipse. You have yeah. to buy... They actually sell special goggles at reception. <laughs> For $300 a piece. They're called box gogs. They cost $300 and they do... F- Goal. They also say <laughs> IMAX 3D scratched out on the side. Well, I did say that no regular civilians can make contact with the box. But the next person to be cursed by this box is no regular civilian. Last year, popular rapper Post Malone <laughs> visited the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. Not Posty! <laughs> and you know, if Post Malone wants to see your haunted artifacts... You don't make him sign shit. He's not buying the box dogs. He's not signing anything. He can go in there. He can touch whatever he wants. Yeah, Post Malone's probably not even a legal name, even if he did sign the thing. Yeah, because you want him in there. You want him writing raps about your paranormal stuff. Ideally. Yeah. You think Congratulations by Post Malone is about having good times? (laughs) Better not, better not. I only say that because you're not around, shadow people. <laughs> in a, like, industry, like, Sony record label meeting, just being like, folks, we really think that we'd be better off switching it from demon hag to better not. He's like, 
fine. Whatever you think will sell. The uh, the original lyrics that he would approach the the record labels with were really horrible stuff. Like better now was Demon Child. <laughs> Sunflower was spiky death rose. Like mm-hmm. it was all really grim stuff and they were like, Man, I don't think people are gonna connect with these songs post. You gotta you gotta cheer it up a little bit. Well, while he didn't touch the item himself, he did touch the owner, Baggins, while he was touching the item. Ah. And that's enough, baby. Since then, Post Malone has had the tires explode off his private jet on takeoff. It's true. Armed robbers broke into his house. Yep. And on September 7th, the rapper's Rolls Royce was T-boned in West Hollywood. Yeah, it was a pretty bad crash. Things are going bad for this guy. I mean, aside from the string <laughs> of Billboard top 10s. He is miserable. I mean, one of the most successful musicians under 25 in he the is, last He's on the edge of the years. plank, baby. And I he's didn't. being... Mm-hmm. Pushed towards the know. water filled with sharks. I've watched videos of him just like sneaker shopping. He's having a pretty good time. It's true. The curse has really struck him hard. But luckily, he is the last person to be afflicted by its poisonous paranormal powers. He's one of the richest people of in his age bracket. Um, yeah, that pretty much brings us up to, to current day. Interesting stuff. The bo- the box has been dubbed, as I said, the Dibuk box or Dibuk. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. Yeah. In Jewish mythology, a Dibuk is a malicious spirit that is believed to be the lost soul of a dead person. And instead of going to heaven, the soul becomes trapped in an object and will remain there until someone helps release the spirit. Which no one's tried to do. I mean, if anything, they made it worse. They buried it. Yeah, they I think opened it up. Most people are trying to make a quick buck off it. Yeah, which for sure. Is probably not smart. Uh, do we have any intel on how one might uh, appease this spirit? I honestly have no idea. I don't know if that process is tailored from spirit to spirit. Right. You know, if they opened the box and found like a bunch of Buffy the Vampire DVDs. Yeah. Do they then get like, try and like reunite the cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, and you know, do a final performance that includes the box, and then you know, oh, my spirit is freed because right. I, I loved Buffy, and now I am in Buffy. Is it kind of like a, like, like a Make a Wish Foundation type thing for for ghosts? And and you're kind of like box. Listen, a lot of the casts, it's like a lot of them have left acting. There's there's union rules as well. Like some of them, some of them are, are hard to get a hold of. But we can get Sarah Michelle Geller, and the box is like absolutely not. Yeah. The entire cast only. This is just the box opening and closing really quickly. That is not enough. You start losing your hair. All right, all right, all right. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get someone else. Seems ridiculous. She's like the main one. What was that? <laughs> Nothing. Working on it. Working on getting Spike, the whole cast. Uh, Yeah, I, I assume it is tailored to each spirit. Right. But again, no one even tried. You, you're right. A lot of people yeah. are just trying to make a quick buck off this this haunted box, which isn't very fair to the Dibuk. Yeah. See, it's, it's cruel. Everyone always wants to know what to do with the cursed box. Yeah. But no one ever asks... Why are you cursing people, Box? How'd you get cursed in the first place, Box? Why don't you open up? Let yeah. your content spill outside. Not the anthrax or the cat piss, but, you know, the, the, the real insides. Is this what you really want? Are you happy doing this? And then, of course, while you've got his attention, your friend is coming up behind with a sledgehammer. <laughs> you're trying to keep it busy. Like you're, you, He's you're a sweating. priest. He's a priest, too. It's a holy sledgehammer. <laughs> the Box, you can see you're sweating, and you're like, wait, what? 
I was just opening up to you. Why are you so nervous? I just was, you know, I just want to know that now, <laughs> now, Priest Richard, and Priest Richard just brings the hammer of God down on it and shatters this thing to a thousand pieces. Of course, the box is is all knowing, so it just stitches itself back together yeah. in a heartbeat. And it's like, I thought you cared about me, mortal. I was wrong about you, humans. Wait, I mean right. I was right about you, humans. I am never wrong. <laughs> that would also be the moment where presumably the Christian priest we uh, referred to would realize that his religion is clearly wrong <laughs> yeah. because the Jewish box just laid the smack down on it. If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode, which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life stories wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, we know the box exists. <laughs> That's something that we don't have to question because I have a picture of it. You can right. go see it. I have a, I have the video so we of know, Post Malone touching the man who touches the box. A box exists. Yeah, and we know we can. I can see the content here: the hair, the little wine goblet, the rose. All of that stuff also exists. Fair. You've proved that. So, in a sense, I you could say I have proved. That it is You've real. Proved that a box has hair in it. And at the end of the day, wasn't that really about what this was all about? No, there was a lot more to it. What are your thoughts, Kit, on the box? Maybe most sadly and confusingly of all, what I'm most puzzled by is not the seemingly paranormal effects that this box has on people. The overreaction on the part of Kevin's mother. The curse-like effects on everyone who seemed to encounter it. The Post Malone's unfortunate happenings after coming into contact with the box but rather why kevin couldn't get rid of it for so long why did everyone hold on to it i i just don't understand yeah it's quite a confusing thing i guess maybe it's like stockholm syndrome where you're like this does suck but i don't want to get rid of the box like i paid money for the box it's this old woman's it's part of this old woman's history you know it has a past it used to be cherished i think she didn't open it i have no idea uh, but it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you just want to chuck away. Maybe you have a responsibility when you own that box. Maybe we should t- talk about that. We didn't really mention it, but like, what's the deal? 
This woman's granddaughter said that she always owned this box but wouldn't let anyone near it. So it sounds like Granny knew what was up. You don't open it. Yeah. You just keep it. Apparently, uh, on a number of occasions, the the grandmother explicitly said, there is a D-book or D-book inside the case. That's why she wouldn't let anyone go near it. But but then was she feeling so responsible that she wouldn't get rid of it, un- afraid that someone else would open it and curse? Curse? Th- th- I don't know. It's very confusing. It is very confusing. It's a very confusing story. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to to poop on the story too much. It, there's a lot of like really cool esoteric religious elements. It's kind of, there's something exciting about that, isn't there? That it feels like religions of old used to kind of lean really heavily, even Christianity, on the whole demons thing. Yeah. They don't really, if you go to church today, they don't talk too much about demons, but they're in the books. They're in there. They talk, oh, they talk yeah. a lot about the, the old demons. They're actually a big part of it. They're yeah. the other side. Yeah. So it's, it's like looking at a coin and only talking about heads. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to talk about tails? Demon tails? Yeah. And it's yeah, kind of nuts to think that there may be some kind of maybe even religious artifact that is directly associated with these demons. Creepy stuff. Very creepy. They have um there have been um psychologists and experts who have been interviewed as to uh, their opinion on the box and a lot of them say, you know, it's your typical case of a lot of the misfortune that has um happened to people once they've received the box is just general misfortune, but yeah. obviously because they're in possession of the box and it's on their mind, they're directly linking it. They think there's some correlation between those two. When a lot of the times, you know, bad stuff happens to people every day, whether you have a box or not. Yeah. But if you do have the box, you're going to blame everything on the box. Yeah. So Post Malone crashing his Bentley probably has as much to do with him being uh, like a drunken high 22 year old driving a it's a big factor. quarter million dollar car uh as it does with him having touched a man who once <laughs> once touched a box yeah he didn't even touch the box yeah yeah i think that's that's pretty strange although the uh experts questioned also could not find any reason behind some of the stranger effects like uh kevin's mother having the stroke and um jason haxton coughing mm. up blood weird symptoms like that that just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere when people had started their journey with the box weird stuff there's a little bit on both sides you yeah. know experts are saying there's obviously a lot of fake stories around this thing but there's a lot of stuff they just can't explain as well we're being mm. slapped from both sides what i would say is that you know don't know if it's real but i probably wouldn't touch it yeah I don't know. I don't know how that shapes our conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've talked about a lot. Like Robert the doll, I wouldn't have too much of a problem of going hanging out with Robert. But this thing, I might keep my distance. You would touch Robert? Yeah, maybe I need to revisit that episode though. (laughs) I can't remember what he does. It's pretty. I think he came to life and tried to like take someone's eyes. He was pretty creepy. Mm. He used to giggle a lot, which I think is a sign that you should not touch him. Okay, maybe I take that back. Maybe I'm more scared of curses. I do like the idea of This Paranormal Life, the show where every week we investigate a paranormal object and come to the conclusion as to whether we touch it or not. (laughs) We could do like a really shitty version of Jackass where we're like, welcome to This Paranormal Life and this is uh, the uh, touching Robert the doll. And it's just like a five second clip of us touching Robert and either getting (laughs) f***ed.
fucked up or not. Yeah, but like doing really disrespectful stuff. Yeah. So it's just like like rubbing your balls on a haunted box. Right, right, right. And then obviously by the end of the series, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're like, I'm Roy Powers, and I'm going to drink a liter of poison milk. <laughs> it's like, do you mean cursed milk? Nope. <laughs> The ratings really plummeted <laughs> in the later episodes. All right, let's not dance around it anymore. Let's come down on our conclusions here. The Dibuk box. Do we think this thing is is cursed or not? Not real. We know it's real. Is it cursed? <laughs> I think when all is said and done, we've got some interesting correlation here. But I don't think we have enough evidence for causation. I don't know that we can say that this is these uh, unfortunate effects on the people who surround this thing have actually been caused by this box. Yeah, I know what you mean. We're, we're just missing that sliver of evidence to really tie this thing together. I mean, the fact that this is in a paranormal museum in Las Vegas means hopefully the paranormal activity around it is subdued. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're probably not going to see any more evidence in the long term, which is a bit unfortunate. But hey, if we're ever out that way, maybe we need to just take a trip there ourselves and Post Malone style manhandle this bad boy. <sighs> We'll have to get mentally prepared. Exactly. We need to get some of those box gogs. I might stick on a couple pairs. I'm pretty scared of this thing. Even though... <laughs> we touch the box and launch incredible rap careers. It blesses us for some reason. It's like, yeah, you know, you guys you guys call me out. You call me out on my bullshit. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know what? Kit, you now have the voice of Eminem. Wow, really? I really respect that. Wow. I touched the box and now my rhymes is hot as hot rocks. And you're like, that that's terrible. I'm like, oh, I, was, I was trying to force it. That yeah. Shit all has happened. The box didn't give you any powers at all. It was awful. Huh? I think in this case, unfortunately, it's going to be a no for me as well. That's a double no. Yeah, which is really unfortunate because I didn't know how this one was going to come out in my head. <laughs> I did. <laughs> You were quite down on it from the get-go. Yeah. I don't appreciate that, and the box doesn't appreciate that, so you better watch yourself. Rory just produced the box himself. That's right. Give me some of your hair. There's shadow people surrounding me. <laughs> the Furbies have come to life now. <laughs> um, Well, there we have it, folks. The Dibuk. Temporarily. You know what? I'm not going to... I don't know if I am going to come to a conclusion on this one. I'm going to put this in my little unsolved. What? I'm going to put this in my little unsolved folder. I don't, I think there's more out here on but this w- guy. Well, what I will say is this was a closer one than usual. I say we put up a Twitter poll this okay. week and we see what the nation thinks. That's a good idea, they actually. Think this shit is cursed or not. Get involved. You can check us out on Twitter at This Para Life where we will let the voice of the commune decide whether the Dibuk box is actually cursed or not. That seems fair. Wow, another great spooky episode of This Paranormal Life in the bag. I hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to join the Paranormal Commune, the Secret Society, you can check it out on Facebook uh, at the Secret Society. I think we have temporarily lifted the ban on new members. Right, we were getting a bit overpopulated for a bit. Yeah, but we just actually secured another 300-acre deal uh, with a state I will not name because it will give off the location. Yeah. But um, there's plenty of room here. Everyone's welcome. Join the party. It is very much in Southeast Asia. It is very hot. It is very humid. It is our rainy season, granted. Yes. But there is plenty of space. And plenty of water now. Um, so come along, grab a glass of water. It's not that clean, but... 
Nah, what is? What is these days? As long as it's not cursed. Um, even though we can't really even guarantee that uh, <laughs> our cursed guy actually died from drinking rainwater. So what are we supposed to do about it? To this day, I don't know if the cursed guy was cursing things or lifting curses. <laughs> and we'll never know because he died. Uh, if you also enjoyed that, you might want to check out our Patreon where you can actually get bonus episodes of this podcast and shout outs and loads of a bunch of different re- rewards uh, it's a great place to show your support from the podcast and get a little bit extra every month. And as always, if you do subscribe to the Patreon, we like to give you a shout out right here on the podcast. So let's get ready to blast out the names of a bunch of local heroes. Here we go. So special thank you to Patrick McNaughton. That's right, Patrick, whose cat's sick ever since he's, uh, he actually, I heard, bought uh, a very similar Dibuk box. Um, I kind of oh. hollowed it out, put a little bit of hay in there, and let his cat sleep in it. Cat's been extremely sick since that very day. So I'm sorry we didn't get this episode to you sooner, Patrick, but yeah. you might want to nip that Dibuk box in the bud. I mean, it explains why his box also smells like cat piss. Yeah. I don't know if his is haunted or just genuinely the cat pisses in the box, which, if it is cursed, that's not going to make the curse happy. No. Get rid of the box, Patrick. And also, thanks for your support. <laughs> He buys the box. Why does this smell cat piss? Is this, is this used? They're like, no, that's how they come new. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. And thank you also to Jamie Shaw. Jamie Beastpaw Shaw. That's right. All human except his hands, the size of elephant trunks. Holy shit. Enormous beast-like claws. We should be investigating this dude. I don't even know how he got to Patreon.com with those monster hooves. Yeah. Just stamping away at his MacBook. He probably went through three or four of them before he could actually make it to the website. I think he uses probably uses a beast book. It's kind of 20 <laughs> times the size of a regular uh, laptop. Incredible stuff. But thank you for your support. We admire your dedication. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you also to Sam Ross. Oh my gosh. It's Sam Ross. <gasps> the boss. The boss Ross. That's right. Because he gives us money every month, that technically makes us uh, his employees. That yep. makes us... Uh, that makes him our boss. And I think it's gone to his head a little bit. It has. Yeah, in, in, in bad ways. He keeps scheduling meetings uh, on the weekend in his house. I don't know where he lives. Yeah, he keeps like, he'll call me at like 2 a.m. with some like real like PA shit. He'll be like, do my laundry. And I'm like, I'm I'm not your, fine, I will. Okay, I'll be right wrong. I mean, Jesus, he lives in New York City. It's like a six hour round trip it's crazy yeah it's like at least just send the laundry to us here oh god but he's like no catch the red eye i want my laundry here folded under my bed before my mom gets home how old are you 14 what of it (laughs) it's actually her card that's giving you that money so i guess she's a executive producer she's kind of the boss and i'm more (laughs) the area manager but thank you anyway ross for your support thank you also to brian simpson Pimp my ride? Nah. How about Brian Simp my son? <laughs> this is a human being who is half mortal, half machine. You know, he's been custom made like a car. He's got a uh, flat screen in his back. He's got grills on his teeth. He's got headlights on the side of his freaking face. He's gone all out. He's been remade to be a better human. It's incredible stuff. 
He's more pimp than man at this point. <laughs> you can tell he's an extra pimp because he contributes to the Loose Paranormal Life Patreon. So thank you. Oh, Christ, are we his employees too? God what does that make it. us? Get me oil for my car. You mean you? Yeah. <laughs> thank you also to Jordan Perez. Air Jordan himself. The man with the power of flight, but he's scared of heights. It's the ultimate monkey paw wish. And we're not, whenever we say power of flight, we're talking Michael Jordan level ball travel. We're talking like half court uh, slam dunks. We're not talking flying through the clouds or anything. Yeah, but he still won't do it. He's petrified. He's terrified of being above ground in any form. That's a hard life you got there, Jordan. But hey. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you. He's five foot four and wishes he was four foot two. That's how scared of heights he is. Wishes he was one foot nothing. (laughs) He's five foot four and wishes he was six foot under. Uh, Thank you also to Shockzula. Shockzula? All right, all right. What we got here? Is this some sort of electric Dracula? This is terrifying. This sounds like Godzilla put his dick into a wall socket and created Shockzilla. This is every parent's worst nightmare that they have a lovely God-fearing teenage son or daughter and they go, yes, yes, mother and father, I'm going to prom this weekend. Oh, with who? Who's your date? Who's the the lucky, lucky date? Shockzilla. (laughs) She is a cruel mistress. Yes, she rides a motorbike. Incredible stuff. And she also uh, listens to the best podcast online, This Paranormal Life. That's enough. You're not going anywhere tonight. (laughs) Thank you, Shockzula. Um, We don't know who you are, where you came from, or what you want. But the fact that you want to support uh, us on Patreon... That's amazing. It's shocking. Thank you also to Robert Cook. If you need a meal whipped up for your special occasion, why not book Robert the Chef? That's right. He actually finds the phrase cook offensive. Yeah. He is an artist. He is a Michelin-starred artist. They originally wanted to call him Robert the Wizard, the culinary wizard, Mm. um, but people thought that would maybe put them off booking him for parties. He got a lot of kids' parties at the time. Obviously, they thought he was a wizard, so he showed up with, like, filet mignon, like Kobe beef, and they're like, Dave, pull a rabbit from the hat! He's like, shut up, you little shits! Also, you didn't hire a clown or a magician, you hired a wizard. What kind of (laughs) wizard would be doing balloon animals? They're like, we, anyway. want, we want chicken nuggets. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets with foam of, of asparagus. They're like, no, just regular chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. And what kind of wine would you like paired with it? Juice. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you, children. Every vein in his head popping. <laughs> he is an angry, angry chef, cook, wizard. But hey, <laughs> he's got great taste in podcasts. <laughs> I want juice. Well, I'm going to charge you corkage. Would you like a red or a white? Orange. Oh, my God. Thank you also to Brianna LeClaire. Brianna, I don't LeClaire about a lot of people that we've mentioned today, but I do really LeClaire about your contribution and your support. Mm-hmm. It means um, a, a lot to me. Um, je suis Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's bon what you're doing. Uh, I think I hope you think the podcast is born. Uh, so I guess au revoir and just adios. 
Overall. You, you were very close. Very Which close. one? Was it Au War? I think it was the Au War. I think the bonjour. pronunciation was off. Bonjour, what is that? Is that freaking... That's like a Lord of the Rings one, isn't it? Elvish? Yeah, I think it could be. God damn it. I think that's some golem shit. Close. Thank you anyway for your support. I gotta fire up Duolingo. I'm actually learning 47 languages right now. (laughs) All of them pearly, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm only sticking with it because this little owl is pissed at me if I don't log on daily. Yeah. um, He's a cruel mistress. He is. He really is. Have you met him? I call him Shockzula. (laughs) Thank you so much for your support. I really do care about it. Thanks also to Elliot Turner. Elliot the vampire bit a girl's neck and tried to turn her, but um, it didn't work. It didn't work. It, it was like in a public scene. He was like arrested on the spot. Yeah, you've got to be a vampire to turn, like turn. So he thought he was. He thought but... he was. You got to be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Because humans can drink blood. Humans can sleep all day and not go out in the sunlight. That makes them weird. That <laughs> there's a fine line between being a actual creepy person and being an, an actual vampire. Yeah. Right. He was just a basement nerd. Yeah. He went yeah. up and was like. Hello, my lady. Welcome to eternal bliss. And like, he didn't really even bite it well. He kind of, he was drooling a bit when he went in. She had, she had carte blanche, plenty of time to grab her taser. Yeah, in his neck. Yeah, so ironically, he got two little burnt marks on his neck. (laughs) Yeah, which he was like, oh, isn't this ironic? I have the bite marks. And then her uh, like six foot eight boyfriend just came over and beat the shit out of him. Six foot eight, he's like... Like NBA pro. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see he's in better condition now. Thank you, Elliot. I'm glad you made a swift recovery. Thanks also to Andrew Ham. Andrew Ham lives in the dam. Hangs out with his fam. Sorry, he lives in a dam? Lives in the dam. <laughs> what? The Hoover Dam? dam. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting baked out in the dam. You implied it was like a water dam at the start. Like he lived underwater with his family? Sorry, I got that wrong. He lives under a dam in the dam. Living glam. So it so still in a dam. In Japan. <laughs> you said you said the dam in the dam. Yeah, so I meant uh, Little Amsterdam, which is a district of Tokyo. In Japan? In Japan. Wow, I don't know how he has A, a laptop, <laughs> B, exists, but I am C, grateful that he does enjoy the podcast. I get thank you for your support. And this last one goes out too. Thank you very much. Special thank you to Abby and Tyler Harrow. I can be your Harrow, baby. I can tile away the pain I will stand by be forever (laughs) You support my Patreon Thank you everyone Thank you So thanks so much to everyone Oh If I ask you to dance Is this bit gonna go with the names? Would you cry? It no, sounds I'm like just, it's just the song. If I asked you to cry... We could do this off mic. I don't know the words. You don't seem to be listening to me at all. I forgot the song. Yeah, okay, so you don't know it, so we should probably just wrap Where up. You stand We're so close. We're like 30, 30 seconds away from tonight. finishing the episode. Thank you for listening. Now, one more time, everyone together. I can be us well, so hard. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's oh, podcast. Oh, my blob. 
It was a fun one, it was a spooky one, it was a crazy one, and it all stank of cat piss. But we will be back next week with a brand new fantastic paranormal tale, and we hope we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.